Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Idleman Unplugged. On this episode of the podcast, Pastor Shane joins Carrie Abbott to discuss revival, fasting, and desperation for God. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Friends, it's so good to be together. I trust you are doing well. I don't just hope, you know. I know where to place my hope. It's in Jesus Christ and in the power of of his blood and resurrection covering us of all sin. And that's a beautiful gift. But I trust in the power of God to bring not only salvation into your life, but continual redemption and changes. And because that's how he works. And so we can trust him. We can plan on it. We don't have to wring our hands, even in a crazy culture. We can actually say, thank you, God. We can praise him, which is the prescription he gives us in all things. Praise him. Thank him. And I know you know this, those of you who've been walking with him for some time, and those of you who are new to faith, you've tuned in maybe for the first time, you're saying, who are these people talking about good, healthy relationships and living in agreement with our divine design? Well, it is an honor to have you join us on The Carrie Abbott Show, and we are so honored and thrilled. And I, when I say humbled, I mean it. We are so humbled to be on Channel 131, Sirius XM on the Salem Channel and reaching people all over the country and all over Canada, Alaska and Hawaii. We believe that that is by God's design, not our own. And so we will be faithful to that. And it's really an honor for me to bring friends and colleagues to you that have answers for the times we live in. It's important that we take biblical prescriptions and and live in agreement with those so that we can flourish as human beings. That's really God's intent. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to live whole and integrated in all five aspects of who we are. So on this show, we address issues relating to you in all five aspects. That's the physical, the intellectual, the emotional, the social, and the spiritual. We wrap them all up by reminding you that you are either male or female. There aren't any other choices, friends. So you're going to live in agreement with that nature, and you're going to infuse the power of that nature in all five aspects. That's where we get the idea of living with sexual integrity. You're an integrated person, and you're male or female. Because strangely, the word sex has been, well, hijacked, we'll just say that, and people think it's just an act. It's not. Living in agreement with your male or female design, the word sex means male or female. So we are to live in agreement with that. Sure, you can express your sexuality physically, but did you know you can express your sexuality in millions of other ways through all those other aspects? And that's where we're headed on this show. We want you to come alive in those graces and powers in all of those aspects. Today, we're going to be talking to Pastor Shane Ottoman. So yes, we'll tap into the spiritual, but Shane loves to pay attention to what's going on in the culture because he's one of those pastors that's been involved in speaking to the issues of the day very bravely and beautifully with grace and love. He's the founder and lead pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Lancaster, California, and now in Leona Valley, California. He also began the Westside Christian Radio Network, which we are proud to be airing this show on. 
And his sermons, books, articles, and radio program have sparked change in the lives of many. He joins me today. I'm going to let him share more of his important story. Welcome to the show, Shane. It's great to have you back with us. Just a, a shout out for the program being uh, focused on relationships. And then the, the ultimate relationship is, is with the person who created you, Amen. with God. And once that connection is made... It doesn't mean life is easy, but now there's peace that surpasses mm-hmm. understanding. Now there's direction. Now there's hope. And uh, that's kind of, you know, my message, although it's bold, you know, wanting to give people that hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is bold. But what else, What other hope do we have, right? Yeah, not, nothing right now. No, that's for sure. And that's <laughs> why even more, I think, you know, I, I've, I've written articles on this topic, but, you know, business as usual is not going to cut it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got we've to begin seeking God like never before and praying and fasting and calling prayer meetings. And uh, our, our spiritual awakening is really what's only going to save our nation. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I mean, God has to revive his church, revive his people. And uh, that's kind of where we find ourselves today. It's true. You and I will be talking for a while on this show and into the second half as well, talking about some of the issues of the day because we both tackle them from a biblical view. Of course, we want to put that those glasses on. But first, I want to address one of the many articles that you've written that is so, so well done and really so timely. It's the battle cry of a dying nation. It's tears, the battle cry of a dying nation. And and if you want to find what Shane is writing about, what he's talking about, you can go to shaneidleman.com just to let you know. Your articles, of course, show up at stream.org, which is another favorite place for me to go where a lot of different writers are there across the faith spectrum. But let's talk about this because right now, I mean, you say tears, the battle cry of a dying nation. Would you say our nation's dying or would you say it's in the hospital? It's going to be okay if we do certain things. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I could stay there a while, so just cut me off if it goes, goes too long. <laughs> but, you know, with it's it's so hard because we, you know, as believers, we feel just we are so broken over the condition of our nation. You mm-hmm. know, with the sex trafficking and the switching of genders, I mean, we passed Sodom and Gomorrah a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there there's that 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 burden. Um, but if you look at the prophetic voices, you know, you see it, you know, it's okay to feel that pain, that desperation. And I think the article, you know, asks, where are the weepers? Mm. You know, uh, John wept when, he, when, the, when there's no one worthy to open the scroll. Jeremiah wept. Uh, David wept. Uh, you go down from Isaiah and, and the prophets and, and Daniel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, and Jonah, and Micah. There was, a, there was just a, a weeping over the, the condition of the nation. And what that does, it shows, it, it, God, we're serious. We are desperate for you, desperate for more of God. And um, I, when I was younger, you know, I, I became a Christian, then I walked away from the Lord in my 20s, and he broke me. It, it just humbled me. And uh, just, you know, uh, just no, no education to rest on, just came from hard work, construction, uh, but I was desperate, and I cried out to God, and he began to fill me with the Spirit, and that's where the articles came from, the books and the preaching. And so that's my hope, is that uh, anyone can, can fully surrender their lives and experience that, but there's got to be that, without desperation, you know, I don't know um, if we're going to get very far, because business as usual, casual Christianity, putting God on the back burner, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it doesn't cut it, and I'm reminded often of Isaiah, we actually meet um, every year, it, we're, it's coming up in October, every night for at least a week, if not more, uh, and we just have church and worship on Isaiah 64, oh God, would you rend the heavens, would mm-hmm. you come down and visit your people again, and 
you know, when when they put that O in there, you know, there's mm, some there's yeah. some there's some desperation, yeah. and and God hears hears. Can you imagine your child crying in desperation? You would run to them. Oh my, yeah. Versus, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. you know, little, you know, I want some more ice cream, kind of throwing a fit. You know, you just, mm-hmm. you, you know, you know, that's not going to cut it. But you hear that, daddy, daddy, mommy. I mean, you're running out that door. You're finding, and so it's just that's the heart cry of God for our nation is desperation. I believe He hears that heart cry, and I don't. I don't think we're there yet, and that's what kind of alarms me is, you know, we're upset, but are we broken? Yeah, You know, right. we're, we're, we're furious. We're furious, but are we humble? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I follow a lot of... That's such a good um, question. That, okay, that's such a key question there. We're furious. People are angry. They're mad. They're fuming. They're in fight or flight. Too much cortisol going on. There's People yes. have got to calm down. But are we humble? And, and that's a key question. How do you transition to humility? In, in a sense, you have to take some either form of responsibility or say, Lord, I realize I have the ability to be this that sinful as well. What is it? How do you get to that kind of humble? Yeah, and it's hard because, you know, God has given me a, a bold message uh, for sure, and um, and I feel the anger. I feel the frustration. We look what's going on in the current administration. We look at what's going on. Um, it, I mean, it's just it's it's mind blowing mm-hmm. if you really start to mm-hmm. you know. And I I don't know if we were meant to to receive all this much negativity at once. I'm still not convinced of that one. Yeah. But uh, humility and it's 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 funny you ask this because I'm actually speaking at Turning Point USA in San Diego, Charlie Kirk's group to about a thousand Christian leaders and pastors coming up. Excellent. And that's going to be that's going to be my theme is that, yes, we feel these frustrations, these angers, but the only place you're going to find true humility is getting back to the prayer closet, getting back to God broken and humble, crying out to God, use me, change me, God, give me a heart that breaks yours, and humbling yourself on a daily basis. And then you come out of the prayer closet full and filled with the Spirit of God, and that's how you can change a generation. But so many, even conservative Christians are, you know, they're 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 posting things that are just back at you, back in your face, back mm-hmm. at you, back in your face. It's just mm-hmm. tit for tat. Right. It's like, you know, we're not getting anywhere. Where where are the prayer meetings? Where are the... Right. And I mentioned that last year, and I think they're actually going to have a, a, a 24-hour prayer room. A friend of mine, Malachi O'Brien, is going to oversee and open that up and just get the church back to that, that heartbeat of prayer and brokenness. And I actually think we can be just as bold if not bolder, mm. when we are humble and broken because we can hold the line. I can say, I love you, but we will not allow this. And, um, you know, it was it's common. D.L. Moody wept when he pre- preached on hell. Yes. George Whitfield couldn't preach without or weep without preaching on hell. And, mm. and just the broken, all these great men of God that we see, you know, Amy, McCarm- Amy Carmichael, mm. Adonai Judson, Hudson Taylor, um, you go down the list, it, it's, they were broken, humble men and women being used of God. They were not angry. Anger worketh not the righteousness of God. So if we don't, if we don't deal with our anger, and, you know, we, we've got to have that. We, now, there's righteous indignation. You right. know, sometimes I feel like making a whip and driving out some mm-hmm. people. Yeah, it's been but, done. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it has to come. Right. It has to come from a spot of just really not arrogance, Um or judgmentalism, but guys, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if YouTube still has it, but it's on my Rumble uh, channel where I talked, I spoke to the school district in Los Angeles County, oh, and yeah. I looked at these board of directors, and they have this pornographic book, and I said, you will help held responsible. This is a form of child abuse. Mm-hmm. And I was prayed up, I was quiet, um, but you can you can tell these people, and, and it yeah. really, they, they sent me thank you letters from each one of them. And even though they might have agreed, hmm. see, here's the thing. The truth will offend, but my attitude shouldn't. 
That is so good. And you're saying so many things that are such huge nuggets. I want to land on one particular idea. And that is that, you know, the anger isn't going to produce what we want. I, even in conservative circles, in Christian circles, there seems to be what I call a grievance industry that where there's so many people, even people with microphones and and the ability and platforms to repeat the bad news over and over again. And then, as you said, push back really hard and kind of create this battle of words. But that doesn't get us anywhere. And And the Bible says, you know, a soft word and, you know, turns away wrath. I'm not interested in, in pretending things aren't happening. I want to talk about what's not good, but, but move to solution. And I think we've, I think we have just a media full of people who are tapping into that anger and getting a lot of clicks from it. You know, the headlines, I go through them for hours every day and I think, okay, well, that's not going to be useful. Yes, you're upset, but that's not helpful. And, and that's, I think, an issue that we have to address as well. And that's why the church itself the pastors in the pulpit and the leaders need to be speaking the truth in love. We don't have to get in the war of words. We're talking with Pastor Shane Ottoman. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. We're talking to Pastor Shane Ottoman, and we're talking about really the state of our nation. He wrote an article, one of many that he writes, and of course he's got eight books that he's written, and we're hearing more about his story as well. But this one called Tears, The Battle Cry of a Dying Nation. Shane, we were both just talking about what I call the grievance industry or just the the war of words out there, which gets a lot of attention. But where is the solution? And we're talking about the need for the church in particular to be humble, to go into prayer, to weep and to cry. And and you talk in this article, it's it says it's right at the beginning. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. That's from Second Timothy 3, 1 to 2. And you say whether it's a tear-stained plea of the wife begging her husband to relinquish his addiction, the profound sadness mirrored in the faces of the elderly as they contemplate America's moral degradation, or the overwhelming despair in our youth who confront a bleak future, it's hard to shake the sadness we feel over the sick spiritual condition of America. And you say it leaves many of us shaking our heads in disgust, wondering if things can truly change. And then you go on to talk about your own history and your dad's history growing up on the farms of Oklahoma, where basically you say you were taught not to cry. I want you to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my dad actually was raised in Oklahoma, and then he moved uh, here to Los... I'm in Los Angeles County, believe it or not, in California. And so that's where I was raised. And uh, we were taught, you know, that hard work ethic that, um, you know, boy, you don't cry, you get up. And anger is how you solve things, hmm. whether it's in sports or uh, business or in life. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an angry home. Um, he became a believer later on. Thank God for that. But, you know, how you were raised and uh, that World War II generation, of course, before that. And just, you know, America, just we have a hard time humbling ourselves. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. especially when you come to the Christian community, you know, many focus on, you know, posturing and name dropping and rubbing elbows and Facebook, you know, is filled with selfies. And uh, but our prayer closets remain empty. Mm. And, you know, we're gauging success by Twitter and Facebook. And um, right. does heaven even know our name? And so it's just, um, and so when I write articles like that, it isn't to, you know, depress people and oh my, it's to wake them up and right. say, you know what, we need to, we need to get on our face before God. We need to repent. We need to return to Him, 
And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to travel a lot and I speak, and so I do see a lot of, of, of different things. And um, just that, I might write another article on this, but, you know, brothers, sisters, we are not celebrities. <laughs> Amen and, to that. Amen you know, to that. Uh, a friend of mine runs a large um, uh, music festival. You know, I won't go into details, but just a lot of the artists, you know, I've got to be picked up in a Mercedes. I've got to, you know, this, I've got to be steak, keep me away from the people. I want mm-hmm. organic chicken breasts and I want, you know, ice cold water and I want to leave at this time. And it's like, we're, are we really going to think God's going to bring a national spiritual awakening with that kind of pride? Hmm. I mean, it's just, it's just alarming. And they're talking a lot of pastors, you know, it's all, it really is all about, you know, I've got a million followers, I've got this and look at, okay, but what is faithfulness? Are you broken before God? Are you truly preaching what he puts on your heart? Hmm. And, you know, if you take the top 10 pastors and you look at their, their things on YouTube, it's not really calling the nation to repentance. It's about, you know, seven steps to this and feel good now and hope. And we need that. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But if, if all we're doing is being, if all we're doing is being encouraged, when are we going to be convicted? Yeah. And that's what we need right now. Wow. Well, you talk about in this, that great men weep our Achilles heel is a lack of humility and compassion. And it's cost us dearly. A lack of compassion reveals a lack of the spirits operation in our lives from jesus to jeremiah great men weep so where's the weeping today where's the mourning for the spiritual condition of our nation and then of course you've got different verses in here and and i so appreciate the way you write i know you i you write with humility but you try to remind people where the real power is and the power is on our knees in our prayer and coming before the Lord. And interestingly, you know, this is just the reality. He can tell if you're humble or not. He happens to have a read and a barometer on every heart. He knows by looking at us and our, not just our behavior, but really what's inside of us, the longings of our heart. And he knows when we come before him humble. And that's really what's needed in our country. Speaking to the issues matter. You and I both know that writing about them, giving people, you know, the steps to success in life. Those things are important. But when you have someone, you have a nation that is so sick and dying and we are in a hospital condition, that's usually in a hospital. You see people weeping. (laughs) Usually you see people going, this is grave. This is really grave. I need I need God's, you know, intervention here. I need a miracle. And that's when people feel it. And that's I think what you're calling us to in this is saying, listen, this is where we are, people. It's we are in the hospital now when we need prayer, humility, asking God to forgive us. And I know that so many people listening to us, Shane, have done that. I know that because our listening community is very active in wanting to do the right thing. But here we are right now, and I think we're on the cusp of a pivot point. There's something's going to change, and people are sensing it. In the intercessor movement, prophetic movement, pastors are saying, listen, we're coming around a corner here soon. We must prepare our hearts, right? Well, absolutely. And here's Here's the interesting thing is, you know, as pastor, pastoring and talking to lots of people, uh, the big, the, I think the big difficulty is most of us know, like, what you're saying is correct. It's not, I don't have a problem with the uh, knowledge. I have a problem with the how-to. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. okay, how do I do that? Do I do that? And so I encourage people, listen, I've been there before. I struggle with this a lot as somebody very upset at our culture, somebody who's got that that bold prophetic voice. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a struggle for me, but it, you can't work this up. You, it's not like, oh, let me start crying. Let me start. No, it's like, 
God, please break my heart. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to fast today. I'm going to go to worship services. I'm going to go to get all the get off of your Netflix binges and your junk that you're feeding your mind with and bury your face in the word of God. Spend a half a day with him and let him begin to break you and humble you and shape you. It has to be uh, it has to be fueled, and it has to, you have to be prayed down. Lord, give me that heart. Give me that brokenness. I want to be used by you. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we started our church. We open at 6 a.m. every Sunday, and we just worship for an hour and a half. That's wow. it. Just put on worship before the services even start. That's and awesome. there's so much transformation. People have said so many times, you know, I've, I've never done this. I've never sat quietly before God for an hour and a half mm-hmm. and just prayed. And, and they, they come out, they're changed because it's, it's really what we're putting in our mind. Um, yeah. So I, I don't want people to be left with the impression, you know, just, just start crying more. Or just start, <laughs> Go ahead and be more emotional. It, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah emotionals right. won't. But there's, um, I guess the bottom line is desperate people do desperate things. Mm. And I don't see that we're doing very desperate things right. When, is it, when, when have you heard of an all-night prayer meeting? When have you heard of, hey, we're going to start a, a service and just worship for three hours? Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to... You know, it's business as usual. Let me have three songs, make a quick announcement, get your sermon down 30 minutes, hurry up with that last song so we can hit the buffet line. Mm. That's not going to capture the heart of God. It's not, it's God's, it's the Lord's day, not the Lord's hour. Right. Um, Well, and I will, I will interject here a little bit that I do know of churches that have made prayer a priority. I happen to attend one and I couldn't be more thrilled because that that's how desperate we feel and of course we're you know in the Seattle area and so <laughs> like you being in Los Angeles oh we're in the Seattle yeah. area we know that the fight is on and and so yes there's a call to prayer that has been really noticeable and in communities you see different worship taking place around the nation that has sprung up and so you see that God is trying to bring models for people to say Absolutely. this is what that looks like you know back in the day you hear about the you know sat cloth and ashes, right? Or them, you know, actually there were some physical ramifications where somebody would show that they were in mourning and we don't do that necessarily. So how does somebody process grieving and mourning for a nation in a way that is humble, not trying to be showy, right? Uh, often we're told when you pray, you know, go into your prayer closet, which is basically saying in on one yeah. hand, corporate prayer is important, but what you do in private is powerful. So how, how do you direct your people to move into a place where their heart can move to a place yeah. of weeping? I mean, you just hit a couple things right on the money. Well, number one, you're right. There are a lot of great churches out there, and I don't want to, anytime I I give a broad statement, you know, I want to acknowledge there are a lot of churches contending uh, for the truth. And that is, actually, that's encouraging because you do see a lot of churches waking up. Yes. I guess just at the national level and at the broad level, it's it's hard to kind of see that. Right. But, um, the prayer closet, think about this. There's one place on planet Earth that you can go and meet the Father. Jesus promises that. And he said, go and close the door. And so to me, that's a time of no social media, of, 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 of removing those influences and spending some significant time with God. Because the more time you spend with him, the more serious you show you are. Lord, I need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I need to seek you until I find you. Because we all know that scripture, if you seek me, you'll find me. Mm-hmm. But that Hebrew word is bakash. It means to seek something until you find it, like losing your child in the mall. You're not going to go to the bathroom. You're not going to go run an errand. You're, right, you're going to right. find that child. Right. Gonna, so if you seek me that way, you will find me. Mm. And uh, to me, you know, it, it, this is a little questionable, but throughout the Old Testament, obviously fasting was a great sign of 
of mourning. Call a sacred assembly. Call my people into my house and, and cry out to me and call a fast. And uh, it's not works-oriented. It's saying, right. Lord, I, I've got to starve this, this natural fleshly appetite mm-hmm. because I'm so broke and I'm so humbled. I want, to, I want like Esther and Nehemiah and Ezra and David and Moses and uh, the disciples. And, you know, I, I want to fast and I want to, I want to just show you I'm serious about the condition of our nation. And I think that's another important step. It's hard, at least it's hard for me to constantly be, you know, feeding King Stomach and... <laughs> You know, that's good. Not, yeah. Not <laughs> right. be, I mean, try try praying after after Thanksgiving dinner. Try praying after <laughs> right. a big lunch. It's know? really it's, hard. I know. Yeah. And depending on the time of day, oh, it's it's so true. Well, I want to talk more about fasting because I know that you've you've taught about this a lot. You have a history in the fitness world. You understand nutrition. You have you're so well rounded as a pastor in that regard. And we need to take a break right now. So listen, friends, we're going to put a pause for a moment talking to Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can go to shaneidelman.com. For those of you who cannot stay for the second half, you go to carrieabbott.com to hear the second half of this show. Those of you who are staying with us, excellent. It sounds like you probably brought a larger lunch, even though we're talking about fasting in the next half. We'll be back in just a moment. So we're talking to Pastor Shane Eidelman. We're going to continue the conversation, talk about what's going on in the culture, and how do we respond? How do we get our place, ourselves in a place that's humble? We're going to talk about fasting as part of that. So hang on. And of course, if you need to take a break, you can't hear the rest of that. You go to carryabbott.com and the rest of you will take a station break. And then we will be right back. It's so important that we put a biblical lens on what's going on in the culture and that we respond with humility, but also with power. Where's that power come from? Ooh, you'll wait and find out. Welcome to The Carrie Abbott Show, your place for news, views, and values you can trust, and relationship insights you need. Now, here's Carrie Abbott. So good to have you with us. We're continuing our conversation with Pastor Shane Eidelman. He's the founder and lead pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship. He's also an author of many books. He writes articles on a regular basis, speaks around the country. I know from having spoken to him a number of times, he gathers with other pastors who are not only like-minded, but are trying to do what they can to stand up for biblical truth, to speak to what's going on in the culture in a winsome, grace-filled way with power. And in order to do that, you have to have some personal habits and disciplines <laughs> that actually work for you. And this is the case for all of us. Not one person living right now is going to be able to do what God has designed them to do in this generation without having a healthy body, a, an integrated approach to life and living with what we call at our institute sexual integrity, which means your male or female nature infused to all five aspects of your being, the physical, intellectual, emotional, social, and spiritual. When that happens, you're integrated. You're acting like a man in those areas, adding to that fuel your particular gifts. 
your proclivities, your experiences, God's design for you in the, in the journey of your story and the strength of that reality. And you become what we call an image bearer. And as an image bearer, you are a signpost to a real kingdom, to a real king. And this world we live in is not quote reality. Reality is the kingdom of God. That's why when Jesus came, he said, guess what? Kingdom of God's here. He didn't just say, I came with some really good ideas and a white paper and an article you might find kind of interesting. He came to change your life. And so what we're trying to do, friends, in this walk called the Christian life is to follow him. So I love to talk to pastors who have been doing exactly that. And to the best of your ability, Pastor Shane, it's not easy. Even when we have the guidebook, we've got the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit that he left. Talk about a benefit, right? And we're still having to hash out this thing called life, aren't we? Yeah, and that's the funny thing. We don't have a problem with how to. We have a problem with want to. Mm, <laughs> the right? The motivation. What is yeah, that? Yeah, most, most people, well, it's, that's the key to life is motivation. Mm. You know, what, what makes me do, you know, you, you, you either encounter the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Right. And it's a, it's a matter of embracing that, that pain of discipline. But like you just alluded to earlier, um, I, I do have a unique calling because not a lot of pastors came out of the health and fitness industry. Right. You know, I, I had a background um, in health and fitness, and I studied with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Never really got a degree in that, but um, and then I worked my way up with 24-Hour Fitness in the corporate America and learned all of those things, and then um, got God called me out of that. And then so I became pastoring, started pastoring, and I saw – I'm going to try to explain this the right way because it might not sound – right to, to some people. But there is a there's a huge parallel between the physical and the spiritual. Yes. And I, I believe the physical can affect the spiritual and vice versa. Yes. So in other words, how I'm taking care of my body, I can I, I can preach better. I can lead mm-hmm. better. I mm-hmm. can be more involved. My energy is better. I'm not, you know, upset or irritable. And, and, and I, I saw so many parallels between, okay, for example, if I take a Xanax before I preach, is that going to affect me? <laughs> yes. Of, of course. It's supposed to be the, the <laughs> right. physical. Or if I eat a huge 2,000-calorie meal right before I go up to the pulpit, um, that's going to affect me mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. And so I started to see how the physical affects the spiritual. And I would also start to pray with people. You know, I'm, uh, now it's been thousands of people at different prayer meetings in our church, and, and I would pray for them, and I don't know, you know, you don't know if it's God or yourself, but so many times, you know, God would prompt me to, to, to ask them, you know, for example, let me give you two examples. I'm praying with people, anxiety, and, you know, they're just, I, I can't deal with this anxiety, and this, I'm like, okay, are you, do you drink a lot of caffeine? Oh, boy, do I ever. Mm. Well, you know, even the Diagnostic Manual of Mental Disorders lists, lists caffeine-induced anxiety at over 500 milligrams. Right. And so all these practical things. Um, type 2 diabetes, can you please help me? Yes, but are you eating a lot of sugar and carbohydrates? Oh, yes, it's crazy. Okay, well, you're, you're insulin resistant because of your lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So you see, and I pray for healing. I believe God can heal in spite of our choices. Mm. Uh, but we also have this incredible gift that we're called to steward. um, Right. Well, and if we think of our bodies, you know, I'm trying to always come up with different pictures that we can look at in our minds. But anybody that's ever dug a little bit of dirt, tried to plant a seed in there. If you don't have life in the soil and you and you don't water and you don't tend that garden, you aren't going to get fruit. You aren't going to get any results. And our bodies are, are so fine tuned by design that that these things you're saying are wisdom and they're not it's not about 
you know, oh, it's a moral issue. It's more of an education issue to start with. And then when you tie it together and say, and the natural is always tied with the supernatural, that Jesus always used examples of what was going on with trees and shrubs and plants and, you know, and living water. There was no question that, that it all tied together for him. But we have become, we're such consumers that we forgot that what we put into this body isn't just because it tastes good. We actually have to do something to get healthy so we can serve. And as Roman says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And I'll tell you, Shane, recently, my husband and I cut out more sugar. We've been healthy eaters for a long time and we exercise and we, you know, we raised a bunch of athletes. We understand that holistic view, but it, it, we, we went on an assault against sugar. And it's everywhere. It, there should be, you know, there should be a show. Sugar is everywhere because it's everywhere. Even in so-called healthy stuff, it's everywhere. And what a difference it made in what you just described in clarity. And for me, having to do what God's called me to do, my assignments continue to grow. They're not getting smaller, which tells me that God is probably doing that with everyone right now. Because right. he needs those of us who know him to be able to do our part in what I think are pivotal times in this generation. And so he needs us fit. You can't, you can't join the military if you have certain things going on with your body. That doesn't mean that you don't want to fight. It means that your body can't, right? How much more than the Christian fight? Right. I mean, so many guys are tired. More, and I'm, I, I don't preach at people. I'm, I was, I'm one of them. I've always used to struggle with my weight. I was chubby. You know, I can't, I, I, went through a season of steroid abuse and becoming huge bodybuilder because of poor self-image and, Hmm. um, you know, even showing signs of diabetes, type 2 diabetes, because of insulin resistance, too much sugar. And and did you know type 2 diabetes is actually Mm -hmm. health-related? Yeah. The number one health crisis in our nation is preventable. Hmm. And so I think the thing is most people know it. They just, it's just a hard, it's hard to do it. And so the Bible is full of wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all of us know it's better to eat an apple than a Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we're just not applying that wisdom. And that's why I wrote a couple books on fasting. Believe it or not, people can actually download the book for free at our Excellent. church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org. West uh, and my books on fasting are free downloads. Um, so I'm going to talk about that just for a moment with you, your experience fasting, and we want to get to more of the cultural issues. But what we're talking about, friends, is fine tuning your spiritual abilities, your clarity, your lack of confusion, and you get all of that with food. Believe it or not, it affects you. You know it because you've lived long enough to he- listen to this show. You you are clearly getting what we're saying. But we're saying, listen, in order to respond to the culture effectively, to respond and, and help the church rise up as as light in darkness and and salt and to be the preservation that's needed we really actually have to make those choices so we can be we can be on the field we can do what God's called us to do it's actually pretty exciting when you think about it and that helps us with the why but but fasting itself can be challenging for people Shane so would you just explain briefly kind of your overall take on that when you when you're training yeah. the people in your church and if I go too long get, just cut me off yep. but um, the the problem most of us know is the lust of the flesh, right? I mean mm-hmm. that's that's the problem. And so fasting is it's a biblical it's a biblical call to um, to remove this 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 natural appetite to eat to to take a season and stop and instead focus on God. 
So the reason it's so hard, it's actually not, fasting is actually not as hard as people think. It's because they are withdrawing. They're mm. withdrawing from processed foods and chemicals and sugars and caffeine. It's, it's no different than a drug addict coming off of a, of a drug. Mm. Uh, the same type of withdrawals because they have the biochemistry issues going on in the brain. And so if that's the key, if you can, I usually get people clean first is what I call it. You know, let's, let's get your, let's take, spend a month, a couple of weeks, and let's get off of the processed foods so fasting is a delight. Oh, good. Um, now it That's is, good. You know, you get you get a little hungry and irritable, but it's 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 doable because your body was designed to switch from carbohydrates to ketone bodies, and mm-hmm. your fat is fuel. The, this is so helpful to understand how this the fasting works in our bodies. We're going to take a quick break. When you come back, you're going to hear a little bit more about fasting and then how getting our bodies ready actually helps us get our mind and heart and soul ready to process what's going on in the culture, right? It all works together. We'll be right back. So we're talking about fasting right now in the context of a bigger conversation with Pastor Shane Adelman, who is a leader in the church. He's not just leading his own church body, which is fantastic, but he's also been called, I believe, to speak to the culture, to to give some spiritual insight on what's happening. He's a leader and in the church when it comes to joining forces with other pastors as well. And the reason we're talking about fasting is because we initially started talking about how to prepare with humility our hearts so that we might weep for a nation that is dying, right? And so imagine yourself in a hospital when you're there with someone you love and and, and the, their fate is in question. You generally are in a posture of humility, of vulnerability, weeping, wondering, and we're not going to spend time worrying, but we are going to prepare our bodies and our hearts and our minds so that God might use us in our prayer closet, in moments of corporate prayer. And that's where the power is going to come from. Getting angry isn't going to do what we need to do as a church. Yes, we can have righteous anger and we all do, but we need to pivot and prepare because God is moving and he needs us to be so fine-tuned to his spirit that we will be able to be on assignment very, very quickly. Pastor Shane, it's really important as we talk about fasting that it heightens your sensitivity to other things. You're not dulled by the food. Your body, in a sense, feels cleaner and lighter. At least that's been my experience when I've said no to something. All of a sudden, I think, oh, why do I feel like I have more energy? Why do I feel just better, right? Well, yeah, two things happen because when, you know, self-control is the fruit of the Spirit. Right. And that builds momentum. Um, you're like, hey, you know, it, it, it just feels good. Uh, feelings, you know, our feelings aren't the engine of the train, but they are the caboose. Well, you know, that's right. They follow obedience. Yeah. So we start, to, we start to feel better, and then we want to, you know, even be more involved with the things of God. And remember, consuming food takes about, it uses 50% of our energy. It's a huge energy drainer. That's why it's hard to pray after big meals. That's why a lot of people just want to kind of go home and get kind of right. comfortable on the couch. It's, it's really, you know, it's this wonderful thing, of course, food, but it's, it's, if we're not careful, it can, especially if we're storing extra weight, and that's what, you know, something I struggle with as well um, is, you know, you've that extra weight that, that, that fasting really helps eliminate too. We don't do it because of that, but that's one of the huge benefits because anytime you do something for a spiritual benefit, I want to I want to speak to one of the articles that you wrote on fasting and 
It's at shaneidleman.com. I recommend you go there and follow what Pastor Shane is writing. But it, you're, you say here that leaders are called to fast, and I want to just highlight a little bit of this. Self-control is required for leadership, you say. Titus 1.8, Paul adds that a leader must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. John Wesley required fasting so that his leaders disciplined their appetites rather than allowing their appetites to rule them. And it's been said, you say here for centuries, that no man who who cannot command himself is fit to command another. Paul told the Corinthians that he strikes a blow to his body and makes it his slave. So he will not be disqualified for service. That's in 1 Corinthians 9, 27. And then you say, we also see the power of fasting in Joel 1, 14. When the leaders are called to it, they consecrate a fast, a call to a sacred assembly, gathering the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. And I, I do believe that a, a corporate call to not only fasting, but preparing our hearts in prayer and really weeping for this nation is something that God is trying to do nationwide and actually globally with the church. Wouldn't you say that, Pastor Shane? Oh, for sure. And here's the interesting thing about fasting, where we have to be careful. I'll, I'll go ahead and answer the question of the critics before the questions come. We don't want it to turn into a works-based, you know, you got to fast. And, you know, it, I, God doesn't love me more, but I sure love him more mm, when I'm fasting. So well said. <laughs> so well it's not, said. Yeah. It's not about bending God's arm. It's about bending my knee. Mm. And so what fasting does, it positions the heart to hear the voice of God even better, even so. clearer. And what happened to me is I, I rarely heard about this topic 20 years ago. I don't know about you, but then I would read, you know, even early church history, the Didache, the Didacte, talks about fasting before baptism. You got uh, Irenaeus, Polycarp, Justin Martyr, you know, they're fasting, and then I get to Whitfield and Wesley, and they're fasting, and then I get to the Reformers, and they're fasting, and then, you know, it's just like throughout hey. all revival history, <laughs> right. you know, Scotland, Ireland, New Hebrides revival started from two blind ladies who were praying and fasting all night and fa- it was it just it's been this lost spiritual discipline that is so important. You know, this kind cometh not out except by prayer and fasting. Ezra pa- fasted, Nehemiah fasted, uh, Esther fasted, and it goes it, down the list that, mm. that Paul said I was in much fasting. So it's it's not really a, a you know good work. I've got to do this. It's really about disciplining the flesh in order to be more filled with the spirit. Because I do believe the more we cave into the you know, my, my, my kryptonite is chocolate, mm. you know, and just, and just eating too much. Right. And so the more I cave into those, the, the, the lust of the flesh, basically the flesh just feed me so I can destroy you. So hmm. I have to silence that voice of the flesh, and uh, it, it is harder for us today. You know, in Jesus' day, I don't know if they had an AM, PM on every corner. Right. Uh, oh, it, that's it, that's the thing. When you're, when you're speaking about food, I'm and you're talking about the lust of the flesh— it's it's the bigger picture. So those of you who don't struggle with food or you don't feel that food has a hold on you, what are you watching on TV or how often are you looking at your screen? What is it that if I if if I said, "Hey, Lord, speak to my friend." What would you tell them is because we become a slave to the thing that we give most attention to. And so we are we must be a slave to God. And the other things we need to make our slave. And we cannot let anything master us. We have liberty, amazing liberty 
don't we, Pastor Shane? But we don't have the right to come under the weight of anything else telling us what to do. Otherwise, it's an idol. So if the lust of the flesh for someone is pornography, or if it's if it's a, you know being around certain people, or if it's again the screen time watching certain things on TV, you know maybe it's just coffee, maybe it's other things. But I'm what we're trying to say is. You have to get mastery over your body. You have to tell your body no. And what is that thing that your body's craving and wanting that you you must make it your slave? And then you can enjoy the liberties of that chocolate, right? Or exactly. because it is no longer a slave, you're making use of it as you wish because God has given us all these gifts. I just, we have so many choices now. We have, you know, Amazon Prime, although everybody, you can get off Amazon and we'll go to, you know, Public Square now because they are now... Uh, publicly traded and we can all find 55,000 companies there have your products but we just have to get to the place of saying no and why is that because the god of this world is trying to convince everyone they can have anything they want as long as they sell their soul and as long as they agree with bad ideas and they the ultimate degradation of the flesh of the body is to tell the body you actually don't belong to me it's the confusion we see in the male and female demise it's the it's the transgender movement saying you know ultimately nope i'm actually in the wrong body well, talk about being a slave to a bad idea where you would actually want to cut parts of your own body off that's how far the flesh can take us and wrong ideas, right, Pastor Shane? That's yeah. I mean, you, there's so many thoughts there, and that's what one of the benefits of fasting is. It really brings the flesh into submission. And the reason it's so hard for people, as we said earlier, it's because they're addicted to their favorite food mm-hmm. or their favorite beverage, and it's it's really hard to fast and because you're going through withdrawals. Um, so I would encourage people, you know, to start there. But yes, it's all connected. The the lust of the flesh, what the flesh wants, what the flesh craves. And it leads to, you know, the flesh doesn't stay still. It's either, you're either, sin is either growing or withering, mm. you know, dep- depending on whether you're feeding or starving it. Yeah, it's true. And it's so interesting because I, I want us to have a proper view of the whole person. God gave us these bodies. These are not, these are not balls and chains. We don't have this, this horrible body and it, we are a body. So you must be integrated into loving your body enough to let it be healthy so that your mind and your will and your emotions can be controlled by your spirit and the Holy Spirit residing in you will walk with you to do that very thing. In fact, we know that the spirit leads us into all truth. Just ask him, just ask him, tell me the truth about me. What is it yeah. that you see, Holy Spirit? I heard, you know, Carrie and Pastor Shane talking and I, and I realized some of that might, you know, either have, you know, I, I agree with it or whatever. But here's the thing, friend. The, the Holy Spirit wants to help you get into the place of health and wholeness and unity and integrity, not because, as you said, Shane, God's going to love you more. It's because he will be able to utilize your skills, your talents, your, your, your beautiful, beautiful soul for the yeah. people around you. We are to be salt and light. We are not supposed to blend in. We are supposed to stand out. And for those of you who are truly humble, I know that's hard for you. That doesn't mean you become a celebrity. In fact, just the opposite. But you will be so tuned in to the needs of the people around you. The Holy Spirit will say, call that person. The Holy Spirit will say, get up, exactly. go do this thing. The Holy Spirit will say, tell your child this. That's how fine-tuned we need to be in this say, yeah. in this this season wouldn't you agree praise god oh man that is that's and exactly what 
you know, taking care of our body and fasting can do. Mm. Um, just a little side note, I know we're running out of time, but of, of all the emails we get, things on social media, you know, we've got probably 30,000 free downloads of the, of the books now on our so website. So good. Um, the, the, question, the, the thing I hear the most is thank you for talking about fasting and taking care of our bodies. It has changed my life. My mental illness is gone. My depression is gone. Wow. My anxiety is gone. That, I hear that more than any other. Isn't that interesting? Yes. You wonder, you know, people finally got off coffee. I don't snap at my kids anymore, yell yes. at them, or have emotional breakdowns. And my irritability is not through the roof. And, wow. oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I, so you wonder how many of these things we're praying for that we're actually causing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, and that's anger, that know, that is exactly right, which is why th- we want you to not heap shame on yourself or guilt or wonder right. why can't I be free? Let's just get more educated. Let's just talk to each other. Let's just share good news. You know, the gospel frees us and it is good news for salvation, but the ongoing salvation that comes with being a follower of Jesus Christ is conversations like this where you say, "Oh, I didn't realize that it was that fine-tuned of a system that I actually really need to think about that. And so we can have with joy, we can make changes. Well, Pastor Shane Eidelman, it is always good to have you. I know you'll be back with us. I'm so grateful for your leadership, your your boldness. And friends, if you want to follow, and you do, what he's writing and what he's talking about and get those free books, start at shaneidelman.com. And Pastor Shane, so good to be with you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, too. The free books are actually at the church website. That's the best spot, Westside Christian Fellowship. Westside Christian Fellowship. And we will have a link in our um, in the weekly review that you receive at the end. We'll see you all next time. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.